0: Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plus, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, Southstand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and
1: only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Evie Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 275, and before we go any further, we just really want to say a huge thank you to everybody who listened to our interview with Martin Ling last week. Over 2,100 at least have listened to that and we're really, really grateful to you. We're also super grateful for Martin for giving up an hour and a half of his time last Sunday evening to to give answers to questions that that we all wanted to hear. Uh, And we hope it helped um, fellow fans and, and we hope it helped answer any of the questions that you had about his role the transfer committee and, and transfers from January transfer window and so on. So this week though, back to normal podcast business, we've got two games to review, we've got the reaction to Kenny Jackett being sacked on Tuesday night, loads of post-match views. So I think without further ado, let's just crack on and start with our sponsors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So our podcast sponsors are Age Plus. Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company, who cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render their systems and the best part is they offer 15% off for all Aiton fans and hopefully still for staff as well after the last few weeks. I'm not sure about Kenny Jacket. You'll have to ask Adam on that one. So if you want more information and for the best plastering and rendering prices anywhere around, you can go and visit their website at www.ajfplastering.co.uk or you can email Adam and the team at ajfplastering at outlook.com. The boys are on social media. If you're on Instagram Facebook, go and search AJF Plastering. Or if you're on Twitter, go and search Big Ads with a
1: Z L O F C on Twitter to find Head Honcho Adam Francis. Absolutely nicely done there. So let's move on then. This is now then the fortnight that was because we obviously did a special interview last week as there was no football. So Monday the 14th of February, happy Valentine's Day to everybody who celebrated that. Yeah, I think we may have skipped the supporters club up then. Oh I beg your pardon, we absolutely did. We're going to Hartlepool on Saturday, the 12th of March. <laughs> not for uh, Valentine's Day, though. Not for Valentine's Day, but on the 12th of March, supporters club are running a coach uh, to Hartlepool that's going to leave the supporters. That's a long journey. That is leaving at half past seven in the morning because that's a three o'clock kickoff. That's a £43 adult fare, £40 concessions. And then on Tuesday, the 15th of March, coaches are going to be leaving for Forest Green Rovers at two o'clock. Uh, that's a £7.45 kick Adult fare for that is just £33. £30 your concession. Remember, those prices don't include your match day ticket. You can book, as always, in the Supporters Club on a match day or phone 07507 539 579. That is the Supporters Club travel line. So let's move on yeah. to the fortnight there was. Apologies. To the Supporters Club. (laughs) So,
0: carrying on in, happy Monday, 14th of February. The club announced the appointment of Mark Devlin as our new Chief Executive. So, Mark has over 20 years of experience in football, was most recently CEO of Huddersfield Town. Um, And Mark went to say, it's a club with a rich history. The second oldest London club and a loyal fan base that has been through it all. There are exciting plans off the field, too, that really attracted me to the club. And that's why I wanted to be a big part of it. He went on to say, I look forward to working with the team on and off the field, building on the hard work of Danny Macklin and the staff, driving the club forward to the next level. A CEO, people management is key, and I've been successful in bringing together talented groups of individuals and jetting them into a team, pointing everyone in the same direction and <coughs> working towards achieving the aspirations of the club. It's good. I like what he says there. Yeah, course. sounds promising. Great appointment for me. I'm really excited to see what Mark can do. Good track record, good pedigree. Notice, notably, probably Brentford in terms of the way Brentford went up when he was there. Yeah. CEO. Interesting to say, off the field. Uh, excited about what's happening off the field. Yeah. A lot of People are running to conclusions, maybe about a new stadium. Yeah. and A few other things I saw, I've spoken about on social media. So, he's decent. I, you know, he was at Championship level this time last year. So you can't can't
1: complain. Now he's in League Two level. Yeah. Man. I'd did. still like to know why he was released from Huddersfield I know the chairman took over everything but if he's doing good stuff off the field I'd, I'd quite like to know what happened there um, but no for what he did for Brentford you're right he helped get them into that, their new community stadium that they're in so yeah there's a lot of positives yeah. uh, about him so I think that's a decent appointment uh, from our perspective yeah absolutely uh, so tohu at Tuesday the fifteenth of, of February. So happy birthday to Academy player Mert. Apat. Hey, yeah, and a small number of League Two matches were played in the evening. And although we stayed in sixteenth, Hartlepool's win against Tranmere meant that we were seven points behind fourteenth place now, which seems immaterial <laughs> given where we're at now. Oh, to be back in sixteenth place
0: yeah. in League Two and looking up. <laughs> so Wednesday the sixteenth of February, quiet day at the club. But it was the 70th birthday to O's legend, Peter Kitchen. So,
1: Peter, we hope you had a fantastic birthday. Happy birthday, Peter. Thursday the 17th of February, XO Charlie Lee had been appointed assistant manager of Yeovil Town. So we wish the former Orient midfielder, Charlie Lee, all the very best in his new role. Certainly do. Moving on to Kenny Friday, 18th
0: of February. This is the last Kenny Friday in history Because it's the last one Where he was in charge of Later on FC A quiet day With no news to report As we put Kenny Friday
1: To bed Saturday the, eight, <laughs> uh, the 19th of February Then Young O's Were in friendly action Away at Colchester United And were 2-0 up At half time Thanks to goals From Davies In the 7th minute And Obiero In the 38th minute But the second half Saw Colchester equalise And go 3-2 up in the 75th minute but thankfully crewman made it 3-0 in the 80th minute before Colchester scored to make it 4-3 and win the game in the 90th minute
0: yeah unlucky there young O's so the main event on Saturday the 19th February was supposed to be Harrogate Town away and on the Thursday we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one we had quite a lot of votes for we had 320 votes in 24 hours on Twitter and you voted as follows with 18% of you thinking the game would be a draw of you thinking the O's would win the game, and a majority, 51% of you thinking that the O's would lose that game. And As always, thank you
1: for all of your votes. Yeah, absolutely. At 12.53, with Dave Victor live-tweeting from the ground, Harrogate asked for volunteers to help clear the increasing amount of snow that was falling on the pitch. And sadly, less than an hour later, the announcement was made that the match had been postponed Due to the weather. Yeah, Dulcet Dave tweeted.
0: He was he was pretty good actually. He was live giving live updates, doing live videos. He tweeted said snow fell very quickly. The pitch at two o'clock compared to when I arrived in a Harrogate car park at twelve thirty. And he sent two images, and one was literally like no snow, and mm-hmm. the next was like a ground caked in snow. So that game was off, and I think that was like one of the only games to suffer. That's right. In League Two, so we didn't play. There was still a number of fixtures that were. We slipped down to eighteenth in League Two. So at this point. We played 29, won 7, drawn, ten, sorry, drawn 12, lost 10, 33 points with a goal difference of plus 9, meaning at that point we were only 5 points off the relegation places. And for me, it, it's one of those where you, it's, it's annoying why the announcement was made so late. You can see why it was made so late. And if you were travelling up to Harrogate, you would have been proper gutted to get there to find oh, it was off.
1: I'm not being funny, but in the modern 21st century that we are, with all the technology that you have about weather forecasting, how somebody at the club (coughs) didn't think actually this might be a little bit more severe and actually we should postpone it. Or play the game later because apparently at four o'clock or five o'clock it was yeah, all gone. I
0: think we turned were that weren't we? That so just, just put the kick off to four o'clock. Just and let it snow Yeah. Stop and give them a chance to get
1: off the snow pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, I personally don't think that was well managed at all by anyone. To be perfectly frank with you, but it was called off. LOFC Theresa said that she was um, that she felt for the team and fans who had made the journey. What a shame, wishing them safe travels back home.
0: Yeah, Barry Twin tweeted us. It's less like
1: the positives from today. It's an away day Saturday and we avoided defeat. Yeah, by default. Carol Langley Prediction League. <laughs> so uh, our Prediction League sponsors are Carol Langley. They're an established local business in Chingford, East London, specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events from a simple thank you to a lavish wedding or any event they can help get in touch with John and the team it's at carol langley e4 or at essex biz on twitter and in a rare well in a change from our usual where there, there was no score predictions correct well done to @julian cabby 03 and @freddie Lofc who both correctly predicted that the game will be postponed so they each got a point yeah. on their tally for the season. So well done to both of them. Yeah, well done, gents. Let's move on to
0: Sunday, the 20th of February, a day that we forever etched in every O's fan's heart, <coughs> even though I forgot about it. So we say happy Tahoe day, as it was 11 years ago today that the O's famously drew one at home to Arsenal in the FA Cup as Jonathan Tahoe scored a screamer in front of the South mm. stand to secure a draw. Against Arsenal, Wenger's Premier League. it yeah, always well, brings a smile game. to my face when I see that goal. Yeah, on what it's, a goal. It's when you it's just see Slade, like, his down,
1: cap <laughs> gone, limbs. <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was a terrible season that we narrowly avoided being relegated. Yeah. Ironically, uh, we narrowly avoided being relegated because f- uh, three, three or four teams below us were shocking. And I think, I can't remember exactly who it was that got relegated in place of us. It was only us and one other and I think they just lost in the 90th minute. Uh, Notts County scored, someone at Notts, judge at Notts County scored All in the landed. 94th minute against someone and sent them down or, or, or was scored again. Notts County were involved so anyway. Okay. The ladies were in action on Sunday the 20th of February. They played away to Alexand- Alexandra Park ladies. They won the game five, one thanks to Casey Manley with four goals and Bianca Caradi grabbing the other one as the O's finished top of their group with six wins out of six in the Sioux Sharples Cup. So well done yeah. to the ladies. Really mm-hmm. good ladies. So that was a very quiet week. The week uh, that's just
0: gone was anything but quiet. It started with Happy Monday, <coughs> 21st of February. As the club announced that the away game to Harrogate Town had been rescheduled for Tuesday, 22nd of March. Another Tuesday game. As the Martin Ling interview of the Orient Outlook podcast was taking your airwaves and social media... I stole. So many talking <laughs> points. It was
1: being spoken about everywhere. And, and that's good. That's what we As want. It should do, yeah. That's exactly what we did it for. To Huey Tuesday, then, the 22nd of February. The main event of that day was Bristol Rovers at home. The team was announced an hour before kickoff. Lawrence Biggerer in goal. Otis Khan, George Ray, Omar Beckles, Shadogi, Theo Archibald, Matt Young. Um, Ethan Coleman, Darren Prattley, Aaron Drynan, and Ruel Satoru started. And on the bench, Rhys Byrne, Connor Wood, Adam Thompson, Callum Riley, Jordan Brown, Frank Nublai and Big Harry Smith. Yeah, that meant there were two changes to the O's team
0: that started against Salford in the last O's match, which was 10 days ago, as it in came Ruel Sotoriou for Frank Nublai and Matt Young came in for Adam Thompson. And what looked to be a change of formation. So for me, I thought that was brave because against Salford... We started at 4 and I thought we looked all right. But yeah. he's obviously, looking at this, reverted back to his 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I was a bit like, no, I wasn't happy with that really. Also noted, where's Hector Kipriano gone? just wasn't in the squad again. And that's one of Kenny's things that he's done where he's put people when the first starting eleven one 11-1 week on the bench and they disappear. And then they come back, like Riley, like Conor Wood that we've seen a couple of times this season. I just saw that team and I was like... Bradley Kipriano... I just looked at that team and I thought, that's a team that's set up just not to lose as opposed to a team that's going out there to win. So I
1: I wasn't really that impressed with that team. it's, It's not an unobvious thing to say that if you're reverting to a formation that you like but don't have the players for it, that you're kind of going to go one way with that we saw it under Steve Davies where he kept tinkering around and the players eventually like well where am i supposed to be? Yeah. If you ha- you have to as a manager every manager has their prefer- preferences on how they like to play football. Russell Slade used to play with a lopsided midfield because he felt that there was a certain advantages to that. But if you haven't got the players that can play to that, it's absolutely mm. irrelevant. Um I was pleased to see that Ruwell was getting a long overdue start. Uh, I, I genuinely felt that he didn't really rate Ruel at all. Maybe he didn't, and was just having a bit of a pump with Ruwell. Quite like the lineup, has good attacking options, and let's hope he doesn't moan about it being a young side. Bristol Rovers bought six coaches yeah. here. They they packed out the away end, so we knew it was going to be a noisy mm-hmm. affair. So fair play to them. We had a few tweaks that came in as well. We certainly did. Casey Adams, LoFC so granted, to two he deserves more time.
0: Is less effective when he starts, needs to be put on in the 55th or 60th minute to make a difference, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Paul underscore LT2P, very, very brief and
0: simple, toothless attack. Len Chin Chin wanted, not sure this is the right setup. One quality striker, two others on the bench. Archibald, together with Khan, will need to set up any goals. Goals will not come easy against an from Bristol Roverside. No silly giveaway corners, please. As our mistakes will be
1: punished. Yeah, and I think it's I think it been proven that Otis Khan works better further up the pitch rather than uh, yeah. uh, right back. So, anyway, let's briefly uh, relive this, unfortunately. Sorry to put you through this. <laughs> so, the match kicked off. The O's looking for their first win in 2022, and the pressure mounting on Kenny Jacket at this point. Against a, a, a Bristol Roverside, it's fair to say that they picked up some form and were fresh from winning their game at the weekend 4 0. They fired the first warning shot at goal just in the second minute, but Lawrence Vigarou made a comfortable save.
0: He certainly did. Shadow he took one for the team in the ninth minute as he stopped the Bristol Rovers counter-attack. Ended up getting the booking for it, but taking one, like I said, for the team.
1: Yeah, I've never got a problem with that. A minute later, a free kick was awarded to Bristol Rovers on the edge of the Orient box from which Evans hit the outside of the near post. Another warning shot for us.
0: Decent effort that. Thirteenth minute, Omar was went into the book for a silly foul 20 yards out. Vigarou, made a comfortable save from the result for a free kick. At this point, Bristol Rovers were kind of well on top here. Yeah, and, and we've we got now got two centre-backs
1: on yellow cards. Yeah. That was a stupid tackle for, for Omar. Oh, uh, 16 minutes on the clock now, after the ball pinged around the Bristol Rovers box a few times, following our caller, Omar Beckles fired a volley high over the ball. Decent
0: mark. chance, that. Yep. Decent
1: chance. 18th minute there, are calls for a penalty
0: for the O's, after all, appears to be brought down in their box. But the ref wasn't having it.
1: I think, I, I feel it's just your luck's not in, your nuts. Your, your luck's not in. Don't know why Ruel didn't shoot quicker, get that out from under his feet and just, just get a toe on the end of it. I've seen them given. I, yeah. I don't understand why it wasn't. Maybe he didn't see contact. Maybe there wasn't contact. But yeah, I think Ruel, perhaps arguably, if he wasn't matched rusty, you know, uh, yeah. could have, should have. Got his shot off. Yeah,
0: a few, I think like a few instances like that where Ruel should have shot much earlier I think yeah. what he did, taking an extra
1: touch, which yeah. might be lack of confidence, lack <coughs> match sharpness. or so might be because he's not very good. No, I think Ruel's got it in him. I think I think it's the confidence and the sharpness that's that's missing. You know, you keep being picked up and dropped by the manager. It's going to knock you at some point. And a lot of these players are confidence players. They need to know that the manager loves them. And has the confidence in them to do the job. And I just don't feel that that's running through the side, especially when a manager's kind of lost the plot a bit okay. at this point.
0: Uh, 23rd minute, EO's getting back into the game. Better spell as Dryden forced a save from Belshall. And shortly after, Satoru flicked a shot over the bar. So at this point, we were getting back on top. We kind of yeah. went with the storm, and you're thinking, right, we actually created a few chances. You just needs to put one away.
1: That's right. That's exactly yeah. it. So that's two that we've spoken about there. On the half hour mark, a glorious chance for Ruel, who shot over the bar from close range after a decent cross from Matt Young. That's I mean, the one. That's the one. There you go. And an informed, confident Ruel Satoru scores them. On if I bet in a training session. He would have scored that if that came in in the training session. No pressure, no one watching, he would have buried that in training. But in a stadium, when it counts... Absolutely, absolutely. And we all knew what was going to happen. In the 33rd minute, Evans
0: opened the scoring for Bristol Rovers. He lashed home an effort from outside the area, giving the diving Lawrence Vigaroo little chance as he made it 1-0 to the visitors. Yeah, we
1: allowed them to play from their own half on that, if you remember rightly. We part, they passed it about without so much as an attempted challenge from us. Uh, really, really poor. You defend from the front and we just didn't do that and it's not the first time we've watched the team do that. It's shocking. It's embarrassing. It shouldn't ever happen.
0: I might be quite <coughs> controversial. <but> I actually <coughs> think Vigoru should have done better with it. Okay. I actually think it was a good strike and it's a good goal for Lee Two. However, Vigoru is nowhere near it and I think it will be disappointed. It's like he's almost diving in slow motion watching it go past mm. him as opposed to trying to get there to it he's a bit like you know not very near it I was a bit disappointed with Viggo there I must say and then it got worse three minutes later as Bristol Rovers doubled their lead more poor defending from us or Vig save a low shot he could only parry the ball across goal and Collins was waiting there an easy tap in at the far post and suddenly in the space of what four minutes from Sato shooting no, yeah. over the bar yeah.
1: we're 2-0 down yeah Another poor goal to give away. Lauren, Lowell made a big uh, made a good save, but unfortunately when you're parrying it across the face of goal, that's his mistake for that. Like you'd argue I know they, they're taught that maybe you can't maybe you couldn't maybe I'm just being harsh on Lawrence here, but if you're gonna parry it across the face of the goal, unfortunately for you, there might be someone running in on the back post. Not it wouldn't if it happened the other way around, we wouldn't have anyone there following in on that. Yeah. But but, you know, with with a team that are on the ascendancy and, and on the up, they're gonna have someone coming at the back post. Poor from us to not have a defender getting a foot in first and their their man getting there first. That's just poor on us. So Lawrence isn't being backed up.
0: I think yeah, it's poor defending from the hole. We're not tracking the runner who takes the shot in the first place. Biggery doesn't do well with the initial shot I and mean, then the guy Connors at the back post, has got no one near him really. I think O I think Ovi slides in trying to get get him but he's by that point ball's in the back of the net and it's yeah. done so two goals down 30 ninth minute another
1: booking for the O's as Dan Prattley picked up a yellow card four, um, I'm shaking my head just remembering how this all panned out four minutes of time were added on no further talking points as the O's went in 2-0 behind with it all to do make up for in the second half. Yeah. So as it went in 2-0 at half time. Attendance announced
0: 3,840 with a whopping 880 away fans. So like you said, decent attendance. Yeah. They laid on coaches for for their fans based on <laughs> the game getting called off late in the day. So yeah, they'll be happy yeah. with that. But not, not a first half to be happy with.
1: No, absolutely. And, and all the defenders and the defensive side of our game, everybody looks lost. Something absolutely was not right. So they they didn't seem to know what they should be doing, how they should be doing it and, and the confidence absolutely drained from them. Ian Hutchinson08 said, how many football matches does a manager have to see fail and bore the pants off everyone before they think about changing the system, personnel and tactics asking for a friend? It's a good tweet. But what I will say, he's got a coaching staff and now
0: one of those coaching staff is our interim manager and that's something that slightly concerns me that we'll come on to later yeah. in terms of We've seen it for weeks. Like, what, like, we've questioned it on this podcast. Loads of you are saying, what is he doing? If we see it, as fans who watch the game, and we're not employed to see it, or have got X amount of years of experience doing it, then what are they all doing on the training ground from a Monday to Friday? And what are they doing during a match to not change anything? Mm. Very frustrating. James O'Hagan said, until the first goal, we were, well... Not good, but at least we were trying. We mm. saw the implosion coming a mile away. Had a strike, though, and I'm terrified of how bad the second half could be. I'm having images of the ball brush days.
1: Very true. The sec- Yeah, see, look, we've created chances. We just haven't been clinical. Yeah, we're not right. clinical enough in both boxes again. Second half kicked off. One sub for the Ozer's Matt Young replaced Callum Riley. 57th
0: minute, onto- and, yeah, 12 minutes later. Ethan Coleman stole the ball
1: midfield, drove forwards. He fed it down, drying and... Who blazed well over the ah, bar. Embarrassing. That was an absolute embarrassing shot from him. How many more chances does Drinan need to to hit at least hit the target and yeah. make the keeper work? Bare minimum. Absolute bare minimum. I nearly caught that. Sat in my seat.
0: Well, I don't know what's happened to Drinan. He was so good in the first half of the season, and then we've had him missing goals or chances. chances. He should be putting away. We've had yeah. him. Well, he has put a ball in it. We've had him <laughs> shushing the away fans, at Exeter, for a goal that was offside that never was, and then he's gone back to not being able to hit the target again. I, I'm bemused by his form, as I am bemused with most of the players at the moment who showed such a great promise in the first half of the season. And mm. now who we're sitting here talking about missing like, chances they should easily be burying or not tackling their marker who then goes and scores a goal with basic defending traits. Mm. Honestly, I can't believe it. I, I cannot believe we're sitting here talking about this. So let's go to the hour mark. A nice build-up play. So to you, get a shot at goal. But I got blocked.
1: Yeah, yeah, worth noting. It looks like we we might have switched to a four five one as one as Ruel seemed to be playing out wide at this point. But, but this is what I meant. Like, like we saw it so many times under jacket. Ruel playing
0: far right or wide left. Drynan playing far right. And yeah. saw it again yesterday. I'm like, it's not there. In what well do you think you're going to get the best out? of Aaron Drynan and Harry Smith. When one was playing on the far right, you need to play them as a two up top because they're both centre forwards. But I'll we'll come on to that later. But another example of Kenny playing someone. Well they shouldn't be playing. Correct. And you're like,
1: what are you doing here? Correct. Yeah. It doesn't it, it just doesn't make sense. Sixty-one minutes, second sub for Orient as Harry Smith replaced Drynan.
0: Yeah, certainly was 70 minute penalty shouts for the O's as Harry Smith was brought down in the box after he controlled a loose ball. It looked like he was about to pull the trigger, got taken out, referee said no. No, I actually did think that was a penalty. And yeah. we've had absolute no luck. Yeah. Um, and that could have been a okay. game-changing. Yeah maybe a managerial saving decision because if he goes against the penalty and mm-hmm. we score it mm-hmm. you've got the crowd behind you and you've got mm-hmm. 20 minutes of impetus exactly. not saying we would have won the game yeah. but had we drawn it they may have gone actually we'll leave Kenny until Saturday <laughs> probably still will him later on Yeah, but they probably he might have got a uh,
1: reprieve a reprieve so yeah. honestly but, but but such the biggest question is, is why didn't Harry <laughs> shoot sooner yeah. for me yeah, not, you can't rely on the referee to give you the penalty so yeah. why aren't you taking that shot sooner I don't doesn't make sense to me. And when you're and when you lucked out, it really is. Because a minute later, a superb counter-attack saw Theo Archibald putting a delightful pass across goal to the back post. But Smith, who was stretching his very long frame from about two yards out, unfortunately guided it over the bar.
0: I don't know how he's missed it. I know he's on the stretch, but I still don't know how he's put it
1: over. From two yards? I don't get when it. When you're lucked out, it's out, isn't it? That's literally what's happened. Yeah. I don't know how he's missed that either. He's got his stud to it and it's just flicked up. Unbelievable.
0: At that point, you're like... For me anyway, I still <laughs> was coming off COVID. I was like, I might as well just turn the stream off now. Like, There's no point in me watching anything else. Like, We're not going to score a goal in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so you're 79th right. minute, Soturi we went off, looking like he was suffering from
1: an earlier tackle and he was replaced by Frank Lublin. Yeah, 82 minutes. We came alive as a nice interchange between Otis Khan and Ethan Coleman, deep in our own half, saw the ball fed out wide. So we played it out really nicely from defence. The ball was then fed out wide to Archibald. His excellent cross found Harry Smith and his goal-bound header was palmed away by Belshaw. Decent save that. Yeah. Good build-up play to that. I like that.
0: Yeah, decent save and a cross that we know feel Archibald can put in, which he needs to get back to doing. Like those type of crosses, which is something he hasn't done too well over the last month or two. So 87th minute, I mean. It could have been 3-0 as our back line opened up. Collins found himself in on goal and Vix made the save. Had it been 3-0, I think you would have seen the mini-riot. And I think it just would have all like kicked
1: off even more than what it was. Yeah, possibly. Six minutes of additional time were played as the full-time whistle went with the O slip into another defeat. As we were all wondering whether Kenny Jackett would still be in charge of the Orient for much longer. As we'd lost four consecutive home league games and without scoring for the first time. Since April 1963. Mr Stato over there. Terrible stuff. That defeat meant the O's stayed in 18th place in
0: the lead two. Played 30, won seven. Drawn 12. Now lost 11. Still off that 33 points mark. But that goal difference, which was plus 16 at one point, is now plus seven. No post-match interview on this one. You all know
1: why. And before we talk about that... Bit of the giant that your views on Bristol Rovers. I've got to say it now, I can't wait for this season to be over. We've <laughs> we got a third of the season <laughs> left, I actually can't wait for it to be over to stop talking about all this nonsense. I thought actually though, for the Bristol Rovers game, we showed more effort, determination and desire for the b- better part of the second half. Um, I thought we created enough chances to win the game, we just weren't clinical enough. We were wasting two really good chances, Drynan Smith you know they all had the opportunities and like the players have said in their post matches if they're not getting the chances that's even more of a concern uh, for us but we are getting them the players looked like they were they were playing for each other if not for Kenny jacket um, but jacket just to to point out there standing in his adidas jacket showed no enthusiasm uh, no support for his team whereas if you looked at Joey Barton he was trying to kick every ball was cajoling them and telling them and, and talking to them and sh- Kenny Jacket on the other hand was very passive um, and not really looking like he was caring or he did care but he was so lost that he couldn't show it most emotionless and you know we all know what happens after that and I think I think that will come on to that but that was the right that was the right call to make
0: I think he probably you know, at that point he was a dead man walking I mean
1: yeah he really was you know we, we, but the team haven't helped him decisions haven't helped him we get the penalties we score yeah, the goals yeah, yeah. we've talked about this before you know against Exeter if Beckles's header goes in they don't necessarily score we win that and then you get a bit of momentum and then other games there's chances where we've had the chance to score yeah. and haven't so it's, is it bad luck or, or, or what? No idea I mean obviously we're going to come on to
0: Kenny's um, unfortunately short spell at the O's Bristol yeah. Rovers for me Short and sweet. I wasn't there. I watched parts of the stream and like you said we had chances. Mm. If Well bags one of those at 0-0, and it's a completely different game. But at one 0 I thought once they made it two nil, I thought I thought it was done, like I couldn't see it coming back. Heads drop. Heads drop. I and mean, you could clearly see something isn't quite right and something needs to change. So we wrote that straight after the game. At this point we were just basically waiting um for news to come through as expected, but in the meantime, we have been getting loads of views on Bristol Rovers, so we're still going to mention a few of the Bristol Rovers views at the time, so uh, before we do, a big shout out to our social media sponsors who are town and country, state agents, support, Orient Supporting, highly successful, they're great, they've got a great social media campaign going on, and one of the directors, Charlie Paul, is offering all late tonight fans and staff a whopping 20% off his usual fee. So if you're thinking of moving, do keep it in your own family. Save yourself a few quid. You can call Charlie directly on 07528 471 497 or you can email him at charlie at uk, or you can find him on Twitter at charlie underscore paul. That's p o
1: o l e. Absolutely, that's right. And thank you to them for being our sponsors. They're a great partner. John Crabb3 is first up this week. He said, signing players who are League 1 ready, we're told. They aren't even League 2 ready. Next stop, the National League. Southend
0: Bobs, the struggling team with an experienced and successful manager in Jackie. Clearly he has no idea how to change this. I'm the definition of the glass half full fan. But I'm sorry, it's time for a change before it's too late. We've just got seven... Wins. Which
1: is which is a fair point to make, you know, of of Kenny Jacket. Although they were great, solid 4-0, four, 4-1 four, wins, there's only seven wins it is. Like his win percentage is, is less than 25% at this rate. I think
0: over the last month, you've seen people who are normally quite positive, um, turn or glass half-four, as people like to call it, slowly, slowly get dwindled down in it until this point, the post-match at Bristol Rovers, where it was... Ninety percent, I would say, tweets going, his his time's up or yeah. his time should be up now, and I think yeah. we all probably
1: felt the same way that you know he was done, unfortunately. Absolutely, Magic underscore John said, "Khan at least looks like a footballer. Poor lad will change that <laughs> by the end of the season." Actually, I thought Otis Khan did quite well. Yeah, jagsy nineteen seventy
0: nine. I don't want to hear any nonsense about being edged out. For both their goals, we switched off and gave them all the time in the world. It's beyond
1: a joke, and if Royal would shoot instead of trying to be clever we have scored first and then it's a different game Richard J Bourne said 10 without a win credit to Khan and Theo the rest just not good enough confidence may be low but they got us in this mess they need to get us out of it Fair it's point true. There, yeah. yeah Orient Dave said another easy win for the visitors they played with pace high tempo in the
0: first half in our faces and got the game won managed the game second half and just far
1: too easy again. yeah they sat back a little bit in the second half but they could afford to it they too could afford to yeah. it absolutely but we didn't capitalise on that Kid I said, I have a season ticket and didn't bother travelling down to the game. Didn't bother shelling out a tenner to watch it. Won't be coming Saturday if Jacket is still there. My time, money and mental health is far more valuable than watching that excrement being served up by LOFC. Yeah, let them force so I'll be stunned if Kenny is in charge on Saturday.
0: Shouldn't be. A, he shouldn't be and the board need to be accountable at their end and make the decision before it can't be saving tonight. It's the first time I feared
1: relegation. Rich, uh, sorry, Charlie underscore Paul, our media sponsor said it's all about attitude. When your captain and vice captain are walking back when the opponents are in on goal, players are not making runs or trying to keep the ball in play. It tells you all you need, all you need to know. And it's not the first time this season I've seen that either. And it needs to change. Great point. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah good Mark
0: observation. Roz 07487103. So the fact that not one player acknowledged the East stand at the end showed what an un- unlikable bunch this are. Love the way Riley pulled his shorts up high, bottled every tackle. It's an interesting one, because what does that mean? I think last season, we didn't feel a connection to the players, or I certainly didn't. We watched it all on the stream, and yeah, got players like Danny Johnson left, you're like, all right, see you later, where, and uh, Connor Walkinson, where we really should have be been more bothered about losing those players, but because we barely saw them live, we didn't feel any kind of connection to them. And this the time, this season, we've been in the ground. I don't feel a connection to most of those players. I couldn't care less about them, really, based on their performances, which is weird because I think over the last couple of years, I think as a fan base, we've grown close to like the players and the squads in terms of all putting together. Obviously, National League, players like Bond, Karoma, then they encompass everything that an team should encompass. And you felt like you were like one Right, and then obviously Justin passing away, you felt even closer to it, and you were willing Ross to succeed because he was a fan and he, you'd seen him as assistant manager, and you were all in it together. And in that kind of crop left, and since your Corsons and your Bonds have left, the players who have just come in just haven't. Theo Archibald was a firm fans' favourite now, mm. but I think based on the last couple of weeks, I think, I, I, and same with Harry Smith and Dryden players who you respected and you thought, yeah, they're really playing for the shirt and they're great fit. I think most fans, and not all fans, because obviously we don't speak for all fans, but I think most fans just don't connect, aren't connecting on them at the moment, which
1: is part of the problem. And I think the yeah. other problem is, is where, you not, where you're not seeing them try to do everything they possibly yeah. Yeah. can. You yeah. think, well, you clearly don't care for this club. Absolutely. I know it's a paycheck for some of them and it's a career move for some of them, but actually we care. And all you want to do is to see a player care. Whether they support your club or are just there for a couple of years and then they're going to move on, regardless of that, what you want to see from a privileged person doing the job that they love and being paid to do it and being paid well to do it is to show a bit of passion, ambition, determination. The stuff that you can't train on a football pitch, the stuff that you inherently come with, and we're just not seeing that from these people at all. The fact that Aaron Dryden can
0: miss, what, seven eight chances? And still get a game. Still get a game. Over a well. But those misses have obviously impacted on results, which impacts on Kenny's jackets, John. Correct. And Kenny gets the boot. It impacts on the club. Those players are still there taking the thing. Yeah. You can't get sat the players, are
1: you? No, what can you do? Exactly. So, well. yeah, football's a very, a very weird game, but it's a good point that Mark made. It is, yeah. John W999 said, I don't think there was a lack of effort. The issue is a total lack of confidence. And as soon as one goal goes in, we fall apart. Carn had his best game of anyone over the last couple of months, and aside from him, the new signings have weakened an already injury-weakened squad. Yeah,
0: the underscore leech. He said, even if you replace Kenny, and I don't think it's a good idea, look how Bradford have done since firing their manager. You'd have to find someone to work with the director of football, and many would not. I thought we tried really hard tonight. We had more chances
1: than Rovers, but we have no confidence. Yeah, they didn't get their new manager, Boundchester. They did, they, Bradford. Mark Hughes. No, is. but Mansfield Town are absolutely flying, aren't they? And yeah, B13. But, but where's the new manager bounce? It's Mark Hughes, Manchester United striker, you know. George Byzantine said, Enough now, so what if we create a few good chances in a game? It's a results business and we aren't getting any. Kenny Jacket doesn't even seem bothered. Most of the players seem to want out, and the board can't speak without contradicting each other or Kenny Jacket.
0: Awful. Uh, a new Twitter handle, I think, to the On the podcast. Bobby nine four three five two nine one eight says, "Unpopular opinion, but Prattley was very good tonight. Yes, his crossing was poor, but he ran his socks off and was getting into good positions mm. down the line. Not perfect, but
1: effort." Adam was there. E. Woodenhead said, "Just seems like an absolute mess. Never know what teams are going to play. Barely understand the formation. I don't know the half the half the players, and most of them running around like headless chickens." How from having the best strike partnership in the league to unable to score is baffling.
0: Yeah, you and me both. Penultimate tweet on Bristol Road goes to Philip Bucello, which says Kenny Jacket and this late Orient team have the third lowest win percentage in the last 29 years after 30 matches played. Only the 2008 9 and the 94
1: 95 seasons were lower. Good stat, uh, Phil. Good stat there. And Orient Matty gets the final word on this. He says, Unfortunately, I think that's it for Mr Jacket. I just don't know how we can go from looking like Brazil versus Swindon to this. He's lost the team and the fans. It is time for a change. Yes, thanks for all your tweets after Bristol Rovers. Moving on to the Carol Langley
0: Flores prediction league update. Quite a few of you predicted a 2-0 defeat. And a top of the prediction
1: league table roundup will follow... At the end of the episode. But the night wasn't over as we had wind that some uh, change was afoot at 10.35 as was expected. The club confirmed that it had parted company with manager Kenny Jacket. With immediate effect, and assistant manager, Joe Gallen, who had joined the club with Kenny in the summer, will also depart his role. We would like to place on record our thanks to Kenny and Joe and wish them all the best for the future. Further details regarding who will take temporary control of the first team affairs will be communicated in due course read the club statement
0: yeah so for me I mean no surprise had to happen I mean, if you would have told me this after the spinning game which was only just two months ago December the 7th I think it was uh, I would have told you to get mental, out of town Yeah, told you there's no way that would happen I, I still can't well, I still don't know what happened to the same no one Sit can put there. their finger on it no yeah. one knows I mean Kenny has been relatively successful in most of his managerial appointments so it's yeah. not like we've got someone richly at the end of their career looking just to get a payday like he would have taken this job thinking he would take the team up that's what everyone was talking about a piece of paper coming in create and, your own squad and until until that Swindon game or to after it we looked like on course for at least the playoffs we're like, we were all pretty confident around that so it's really bizarre he's been fairly unlucky I would say I mean we haven't been spanked by many teams. Most games, it's been a 1-0. We haven't taken like Two any 4-0, 5-0 hammerings. In most games, we've, we should have scored at some point before our opposition have scored, which is baffling. Like you said, the Exeters, um, the Salfords, Colchesters. But, you know, we're, we're stuck in a rut, aren't we? Stuck in a rut, and the buck stops with the manager. I think, to criticise, though, and balance it out, we didn't see to change much in any games. Like Didn't see any amazing tactical changes at one us games. Didn't see any substitutions that he thought that's a brilliant substitution. That's one us games. Yeah. Most like for like substitutes. Some not even like for like, but still keeping the same formation. That was baffling. And very basic uh, substitutions for man with his experience. He didn't seem to get the best out of his squad, really. Although, I think he never fully recovered from losing Tom James. I think if you look at a pivotal point in the season, I think him losing Tom James, followed by Theo Archibald, who was out for that little spell, mm. followed by Craig Clay, done him in. And although we were told that January transfers were well, his choices, he contradicted himself far too many times in interviews. And I'd love to hear his side of the story. Because so far, we've heard Nigel, and we've heard Martin, and I fully appreciate that, and what the club have done. I would love to hear what Kenny Jackett has got to say because he's the only one who hasn't given his thoughts on it. He might say, yeah, they were all my sign-ins. I apologise. I misbalanced the squad and it's all on me. He might turn around and say, you think those were my sign-ins? Get out of it. I would just love to hear what he's got to say if it corresponds with what we've been told by Nigel uh, and Martin. In a perfect world, it would. But, He's the only one who hasn't spoken. But I wish Kenny and Joe all the best. They always came across as likeable. And lots of people after were saying, what a nice guy he was. And I'm really sad it hasn't worked out. Because when we appointed him, I remember the night before he got appointed, me, you, and uh, our florist sponsor, John Macca, all went out for a meal uh, in that pub in Woodford. And we were so excited about the appointment of Kenny Jacket. It was all over social media. It's pretty much done. We could not believe we were getting a man of Kenny Jacket stature. Couldn't believe it. We thought he was the man to take us forward. Yeah. And I didn't think we would be sitting here seven months later. Yeah. Or our podcast hours in Feb- February of the season, talking about him getting sad. Having had two contrasting halves of season and, and with them going. Fe- very, very real threat of
1: already being relegated out of league two. Never would have believed that. There crazy, crazy season. We couldn't <laughs> go <on> any longer. <laughs> We couldn't go on any longer, so it came as no surprise to me. Notwithstanding Martin's comment in our interview last weekend about there not being a specific time frame where they would um, give him one, two, three, five, ten games. Yeah. Um, it's a real shame it didn't work out. When we signed Kenny and Joe, we were all hyped up, like you just said, that a manager with his track record, with promotions, with the um, pedigree that he has coming to Leighton Orient. And he had a blank page, really, like I said, to build his own squad and not inherit and take over someone else's squad and then have to figure out all these players. He was signing the players that he wanted. Um, big question is, is how and why did it go so wrong? I understand the team has a togetherness. The first team seemed to be, you know, playing for each other. There's, there's, there's a good dressing room there, there's a good vibe there, but I don't believe they fully backed Kenny Jackett. I don't believe they were playing for, playing for him. The likes of Prattley. And Wood not even in match day squads at times, despite being fit. Riley in one minute, out the next. Um, it, it just didn't make sense. There was a lot that just did not make sense. Were his man management skills at fault? Is he really kind of what they call old school um, and was a bit aloof at times? And therefore, you know, he ostracised the Pratleys, the Woods, the Rileys, even though they were fit. They were just suddenly dropped and not communicated with. You know, it doesn't have to be a complicated thing. You know, if you manage people, if you talk to people, you want to be treated fairly and respectfully. Was he treating them fairly? Was he open lines of communication? Yeah. Um, you know, if 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 you're not doing that, then these people suddenly, when it all goes wrong for you, then you're asking them to come in and do a job for you. They're like, screw you, mate. Yeah. You you just dumped me. You just dumped me for no reason. Not give me an explanation. Now all of a sudden. The tables are turned and you need me to help you. No, mate, that's not, how, that's not good for me. That's not how I work. Treat me with respect. Talk to me. Tell me I'm going to rest you and I'm going to play this one or I'm going to play a formation um, that doesn't suit your skill set as much as what you bring to the table as compared to Hector or this one or that one. Cool. The players might not like what they hear, but at least they're being told. We heard it with previous managers. Might not have liked what they were being told, but they were being told what was happening. They were being... It was mm. honest. And that's, that's all they expected. It's such a shame this hasn't worked out. And I, like you've just said, I'd love to hear Kenny's side of things. I'd really love to know the reason why. Um, but yeah, th- this couldn't go on anymore. It wasn't good for him. It wasn't good for us. Um, I just wonder if this is too late. I know there's 15 games, but it's, it's taken us 30 games. We're in this right after 30 games. Is is fifteen gonna be enough to to get us to turn round? It's forty-five points to play for, so you know, you only need about seven or eight of them, maybe ten, to keep yourself safe. We shall see, like we've got the fixture list is in our it's in our hands, I'd still say.
0: Even though we're making a mess of it at the moment. Yeah. Make the right appointment and we'll come on to the appointments um later. But we've still got Oldham, still got Scunthorpe, still got Stevenage still got Barrow, we've still got, we've still got teams all below us or around yeah. us. So a big, big 15 games left. We had loads of tweets once this was announced. Boatsy started off by saying, gutted to see Kenny go. Really wanted it to work out for him at Leighton Orient. Over the past 10 games, the results and performances dictated the outcome. Thanks, Kenny, for a great mm. first half of the season mm. and for being great with Rory, who's his son,
1: A Carlisle away. Dicko86 said shame it didn't work out in the end for him as the start of the season was a joy to watch. Results haven't gone his way the last few months, so it's probably the right decision. El Hangel said, can't say I agree with this, but I understand why it has happened. Football
0: has been so dire. Now a chance to get the two or three wins needed for survival and start building for next season. No trial period, please, like last season. That's in terms of giving the job to a manager. For a while and messing about running into him. Yeah. Come I tonight. think that's
1: what they're going to do. They'll appoint to the rest of the season oh. and then a year after that, so that they can build over the summer. Ron Sampson fifteen said, "I, like many others, were delighted when Kenny uh, when we got Kenny, but the results have just been terrible. With two points from thirty, he had to go. While there's still a chance to save our league status. Walsh underscore four five one. So if Kenny Jacket can't get promoted with his CV, I can't see anyone else doing
0: it.'" Something is wrong at the club, and it's not just Kenny's fault. The players need to take a long,
1: hard look in the mirror. I agree. I agree. Lawton Gamp said absolutely perplexing at times at Leighton Orient. Some of the football at the beginning of the season is amongst the best I've ever seen Orient play, but the run since early December has been truly horrific. The right decision which had to be made. Paul Skinner, 88, says someone had to pay for
0: the January transfer window. Ling's categorically denied any involvement in it, so good riddance to Jacket. Weird football, weird signings,
1: won't be missed. Yeah, uh, well dodged there as well. There was a curse word in there, so well well dodged on that. Neil Sanson said, I think he's been unlucky with the COVID break and injuries. Even tonight, we created six or seven decent opportunities, but only tested the keeper twice. Confidence is such a hard thing to get back once it's been lost and ultimately his record, his recent record, and no signs of turnaround have cost him.
0: Yeah, uh, Dax Duda said, so, you know, really sad to see because there was so much potential at the start of the season. Tonight's game was the turning point for me
1: and it had to be done. But best of luck to Kenny. Yeah, Finance Kev said, so will his replacement be able to get any more out of the players? The poor January transfer window was a big blow to our survival chances. So Gibson underscore 89. Why let him sell Kemp on deadline day if you're not going to stick with him?
0: I know we're on an awful run, but I think the club have got this totally wrong. I think a few people feel the same way in terms of you sold your best attacker. And I know Martin came out. Not your best attacker, your most creative player. And I know Martin came out and kind of explained that decision. But... If you were going to, if you were looking at second Kenny anyway, and he wasn't in Kenny's plans, then maybe the interim manager,
1: he might have been in his plans. But you or, you say that, but at the end of the January transfer window, we'd only played about three games for January. We we played right? we, so we, we played play, we
0: played enough, I think, to mm, know that, that that we weren't creating anything and chances were not coming thick and fast as they should have. And then you saw, by this point, Paul Smith was already injured we're not scoring goals we didn't score any goals in January Kemp, from Kemp's a, Prattley.
1: Kemp's a 10 and Kenny wasn't going to play a 10
0: yeah but what he's saying is if you knew if you thought you were going to sack him or well, there was a chance of you sacking him why not keep him for
1: another McKinney manager I think it was too early yeah. for that to happen we've played a lot of football since then and that's what's that's what's made the that's what's tipped the, the, the scales really uh, El, so I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, if you look back now, but yeah. we'd only played three or four games in January. El Castaneto said, "Shames seemed a long, a good long-term prospect, but didn't quite seem right from early on." Players in and out constantly. No plan B and puzzling signings. Kenny Jackett seemed a bit detached from the club. Maybe it was just a bad fit. I agree with that. Possibly. I think he was detached from the club. and I think he didn't, wasn't the right fit. I think that's the right thing to say.
0: Yeah, LDP King said the ball has made many mistakes, but hopefully we'll learn. Kenny shot himself in the foot so many times, contradicted himself before and after every game. He has a win ratio at the club of some of the worst ever Orient managers we have had now to stay up and many players to follow in the summer.
1: Yeah, Orient Fan TV said the right decision at the end of the day. Whoever the new temporary manager is, I say let's get behind them and the team. We've got 16 games left this season. Each of them should be treated as a cup final starting Saturday, and let's try and get as high as possible in the table. Yeah,
0: David Ricard, 80, said it's sad to see another manager sacked. However, the drop off in form has been huge. Injuries have played their part, but we should still be a lot better than this. I'd love to see Emma Hayes given the chance if she was looking to jump into
1: the men's game. Sean Mercer, underscore, said, sad to see another manager sack, but I don't believe all of this is Jacket's fault and blame has to lie with Ling. Also, find an interim manager to galvanise the players until the end of the season, then do a proper and thorough search for a replacement. I wonder what Martin Allen's doing these days. LOFC, <laughs>
0: 1978, said, if the January signings work any choices and he hasn't helped himself. get sense something else. It isn't right, though. I can't work out what it is. I don't think it's as simple as blaming Ling and Travis, etc. Also, a coincidence, Kent
1: was over. Or were they planning to sack Kenny? Very disappointed. No, it's not a coincidence. Kent comes over every now and again. I think people read, read far too much into that. I know that's happened, but I don't think that's why Kent came over. That's not why Kent came over. Essex Biz, um tweeted in and said the correct decision. It had to be done today. However, this is so much more than the manager. From the players to the board at the top, collective responsibility must be taken. Lessons must be learned, starting with this ridiculous transfer committee.
0: Speno, 0 so one gutted. Really thought we'd hired the right manager, but obviously football's changing. And more experienced managers are being left behind in a modern game. He didn't help himself by his team selections. And the right decision has
1: been made. Yeah, last word on this goes to K underscore Leontiev, who said, at best a hasty decision, but probably a rank bad one. The players are clearly putting a shift in for Kenny and we're missing chances, plus the mitigating factors. How can you lose belief in Kenny that quickly? He's got a 44% win ratio across 950 matches. Surely he deserved a chance to get a win against Carlisle at the very least. Five points clear of the bottom two with a game in hand. Should have kept faith and given him the opportunity to fine-tune the squad in the summer. It's madness. Yeah, so lots
0: and lots of views on Kenny Jacket. So Kenny Jacket left Leighton Orient on Tuesday night as we went into Wednesday the 23rd of February and the club confirmed that Matt Harold will take temporary charge of first team affairs following the departure of Kenny and will be assisted by an under-18 manager, Brian, Sars So Nigel was quoted on the club's website saying with a decision on a change of affairs made Matt and Brian will take temporary charge of first team affairs whilst the process begins for Kenny Jackett's replacement both Matt and Brian have a close connection to the club and I encourage you all to be loud and proud this Saturday at the
1: Bray Group Stadium and really get behind the team
0: does that surprise you I mean, what are your views on that one
1: no I'm not surprised about that to be honest with you I think it was it was coming I don't believe they had anybody lined up when they sacked him um, so, naturally, I think Matt Harold would have would have been the one that would have taken it forward anyway. Joe Gallen left with with Kenny. Um, yeah, I just think from a continuity perspective, he knows the players. You know, it is what it is. There's not a lot you can do when you're sacking mid-season, unless you have got somebody lined up, like uh, Peter did have with, with Grant McCann, like Morecambe did with Derek Adams. Or like like Walsall
0: do. did with Daryl Clark, like... Carl did with Paul Simpson it's not difficult like Lee's times, done it? it's not a difficult it, thing go on no it's not I mean <clears throat> I see this in two ways yeah. so I fully expected that we all knew it was going to be Matt Harold and Brian so. in one aspect it's good because you've got the continu- continuity that you want but on the other hand Matt Harold has sat on that bench with Joe Gallen and Kenny Jackett and he must have a voice within that coaching system right because if he hasn't then why is he a coach what's the point of having him as a coach if he's not saying what he thinks to Kenny Jackie? So at the same time, I'm thinking, well, he knows Kenny Jackie's system, so it's not a complete breakaway because he'll be doing what Kenny has told him to do. He's still got that in his head. And all those players, for want and effect, are his mates. Like, he knows them all, not as the manager, as a coach. So he's got a different relationship with them. So I, I think it's a double-edged sword. And I think it... Matt Harold is well liked, the late as he should be. You know, we've had the pleasure of interviewing him, he's a very likeable chap, Lovely he's got a great personality. Yes, yeah. Right? Uh, but because he's in, I think that gives the board an excuse now to go, right, we know we've got someone kind of on here. And it kind of slows down the rush to go and appoint a manager at a time where I think the board should be rushing to make an appointment. Right, We know the way the board have previously appointed managers is that they've left someone in charge on interim basis, that's been lost a couple of times before. Um when Steve Davis got sacked, when Justin passed away, they gave it to us for a while and they wouldn't have done their process. And for the most part, they got that process wrong, but that's neither here or there. But in effect, that process has taken what? Three to four to five weeks. We don't have three to four to five weeks. If they do that again, you're looking at an appointment mid-March, late March. By that point, we could be like 24th in League Two or 23rd in League Two. I think it really is a race against time. If, if for me, if they, if they if there's an outstanding candidate, if there's someone who they're looking at and going, that is the outstanding candidate, don't bother talking to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. Get your outstanding candidate in, Agreed. interview him at the highest level, and if
1: he ticks the boxes, just to make a him. decision. Don't That's go
0: right. around the houses going, oh, we're going to give it until Wednesday or Thursday to get all the applicants in. Then Martin's going to speak to 10 of those applicants. Then Martin's going to see 10 of those for a coffee, then get a shortlist of four, then we're going to put the four Spine. in front of Nigel. If
1: you do that,
0: when are you going to appoint a manager?
1: And that process <laughs> that process hasn't worked for five out of the six appointments. It hasn't appointments. worked. And you've seen teams like, Carlisle obviously thought
0: about sacking a manager and brought Paul, Paul Simpson in that quickly. That wasn't a, oh, who should we bring in? Oh, let's give Paul a bit on and see if he's available. Oh, he's available. Let's get him in. Same with Walsall and Daryl Clark. It's not been, oh, let's set Max Taylor and we'll give Daryl a call if so he was available. No, that's, that's been done. they they sacked knowing or had a plan of who they want in. It really does appear that our board don't have a clue who they want in or if they do they're keeping it very under wraps which I hope they are doing but for me I just, I'm just i very I'm concerned that going into a massive week for the club and going into a big Carlisle game that Matt Harold was in charge not that he doesn't deserve a chance but yeah. for the reasons that I've said although I love yeah. Matt Harold he's a wicked guy and like, we had a great interview with him he's spot on but I'm just concerned about the urgency of of the
1: board, I agree. I think that's a really good point, and I think that the longer that they dither and go through their <coughs> process, um, you're right. I think you know, Walsall appointed Mike Flynn, uh, the ex Newport guy, um, and they were literally on it like that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Time is of the essence. We're not in a we're not in a luxury position where comfortable mid table, two or three games left of the season. Exactly. We yeah. ain't going up. We ain't going down. This has literally got to be bang, bang, bang. And Kent was on Orient Live. Yeah. Yesterday, it seems that they're taking applications. It seems that they might be approaching some people, but actually, this has got to be done a lot faster and a lot quicker. Because at the end of the day, we could end up going that we could realistically end up, like you say, going down yeah. and not being in a position where you know we're being reactive enough, and and that that could be to our de- our detriment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's an absolutely fantastic point to make as well. Oh, thank you, mother Yeah, love. no, no, no. You're 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 right. You're bang on. we we It's this isn't about an impatience thing now. This is about no, a necessity I, thing now. We're not in the summer now. It's not like a business where
0: it's not like Dunkin' Donuts, for example, where a CEO could leave, for example, and the the company, the business, will keep turning over because it will keep generating cash because it's like a, it does what it does because and the CEO isn't the be all end all. Football what, isn't it. like it's not for, for football. Football is time. such a different beast. Yeah. You can't we've already lost to Carlisle that we'll obviously come on to under Matt Harold, which isn't I'm not going to sit and slate Matt Harold for that but we've already lost a, a massive relegation 6-pointer uh, six 6-pointer six we've got another one on Tuesday we've got another one on Saturday potentially Three still games. with an interim manager in place yeah. And yeah. the more you lose and the more you get dragged into it it's going to be managers going do you know what I don't fancy that Yeah. I don't fancy that I'd fancy him in League 2 I don't fancy putting them into a 10-game relegation battle with players oh. who aren't my players yeah. and the potential of getting them relegated and then me having to do National League. I don't fancy that. Yeah,
1: I don't want to have a relegation on my CV either. Yeah. Spartacus1957 <laughs> said, Good luck, Matt Harold. I, for one, will be right behind you. Go on, go on son, show them what you can do. Yeah. And we are behind Matt. And absolutely. The team, uh, and that's absolutely the right thing to do. Thursday, the 24th of February then, Leighton Orient were ranked 19th in the Fan Engagement Index, which is an independent ranking based on three core areas which are dialogue, governance and transparency to their fans. I think Carlisle, Exeter and someone else were top okay. uh, of that. So I thought that was an interesting yeah. league to be ranked in, top uh, 20. Yeah, yeah,
0: out of 92 clubs, well done. The yeah, coach. which
1: includes Premier League, League uh, Championship League 1 and League 2. Absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on into Friday, 25th of
0: February. So no Kenny Friday anymore, just Friday. Quite, Dave, no news to report. So let's go on in
1: to Saturday, twenty sixth of February. Yeah, and on that day, fifty years ago, Orient caused a famous FA Cup upset by beating Chelsea three two at Brisbane Road. I think they were at the match, four of the players were at the match and at half time were interviewed over
0: the Tannoy and featured, I think, in the programme. So Nice, amazing! Imagine being at that, beating you know, Chelsea three two. Can't be believe that uh, main can't, event. Can't in. even beat Carlisle at the moment. <laughs> mind Chelsea. Carlo United were the visitors at home. Before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on this one. We had two hundred and ninety votes in twenty four hours. Another decent amount of votes yep. coming into us. Twenty three percent of you thought the game would be a draw. Twenty four percent thought it'd be lost, and fifty three percent thought there'd be an interim manager bounce under the Ginger Pelle. Fifty three percent thinking we'd
1: win the game, and as always. Thanks to everyone who voted in that it's one. It's the hope that kills you. It, certainly it is. really is. It's the hope that kills you. So, the team was announced at 2 o'clock. Uh, starting 11 for today, uh, Matt Harold's first starting 11 was vigoru Khan, Beckles, Ray, Wood, Coleman, Kiprianu, Pratley, Archibald, Drynan, and Smith. The substitutes for this were Byrne, Thompson, Ogi, Brown, Young, Nublay and Satoru. Well my thoughts
0: on that one, I mean Go for it. I was hoping to see four four two. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I was hoping to see four four two. looking at that, I thought, oh he's gonna play a four three three here. So I was a bit I was a bit mad about it. Good to see Wood return. I feel Wood really didn't do much wrong as a left back. When he was left wing back he done a bit wrong because he's not right like back, not left wing yeah. back. Um I'm still not oversold in at right back. No, he's a right winger, that's why. I'm not oversold in Carn at right back. I don't know about. what's going on with Dan Moss, whether they don't think he's good enough what they think on
1: him I mean, he's not even making the squad let alone the starting 11 and he's the only other right back in, in I the I disagreed with Martin last week from what we, I've seen of Dan Moss I actually think Dan Moss has done quite well I thought Moss has done alright but not,
0: not even in the squad so yeah. I don't know what's going on with Dan Moss um, and that, I looked at that midfield three of Coleman Kipriano and Pratney and thought that ain't going to create anything I thought that isn't. You're not going to get the ball forward quickly to those. It's going to be completely reliable on Archibald bombing forward from the left and Kahn bombing forward from right back to get any creativity in that. You're not going to get anything from Kahn, proudly and Kibrianu. So I was a bit not not really that infused by it. But as always, but let's hope I'm wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. unfortunately, you weren't slightly odd that Ogi had been dropped unless there was some sort of injury to him. I. I'd keep him in and I'd give Omar Beckles a bit of a rest, to be honest with you. I think he's probably a little bit jaded by uh, all the, the negativity and the performances. I like that Wood is back at left-back, Kiprianu over the creative. Matt Young is a bit of a question mark for me too, uh, as well. Particularly, as you just rightly pointed out, there isn't any creativity in midfield. There's nothing. It's, it's got to go on the wings. And if Otis Khan's being pegged back, the Theo Archibald's being pegged back, where's the creativity yeah. to come from to release that pressure at the back?
0: Yeah. But yeah. If,
1: so short and simple. So we had a few tweets on that. We did. Gary Talbot seven said sensible recording wood behind Archibald. Well done, Ginger Pelle. Yeah. For uh, Bazal seventy three said four three three with Carnot right back. We have the players to do it regardless of what formation we we play. We need a positive attitude and a piece of luck. If you're playing four three three, I mean, you're just playing Drinan as a right forward, <coughs> and he's not a right forward; he's a centre forward. Mm.
0: So again, you, you're putting square pegs around those again. Yeah. So match kicked off. Matt Howard looking to get the, the O's, their first win of 2022 against Carlisle, who were looking for their own new manager bounce under Paul Simpson. It was a sunny but cold afternoon in E10. In the third minute, Harry Smith got his head on the corner, easily tipped over the bar. Just two minutes later, after Osis Khan overran with the ball, Carlisle nipped off him, counter-attacked. Amari Patrick beat George Ray to the ball, that he should never beat George Ray to, drove forward, found himself a bit of space, got a low shot in, which squirmed under Lawrence figure and it was 1-0 to the visitors. Awful goal to con- <laughs> to concede. From the point of losing the ball, Amari Patrick should never beat Dorde in the first place to the ball originally. The rage does not do good enough or well enough at all. Because
1: Amari cuts inside and in vigor should save the shot. For me, it was just a really bad goal to concede. And Coleman was a covering <laughs> covering player. Not one single I think Wood was loosely hanging around, it was in the 18 yard box when Patrick drove in but I wasn't there, so I've seen it on the highlights. There was no one back covering. We are not closing this out. We should be around him like bees around honey. We should absolutely be doing so much better with our defending. An awful goal to concede. And if you're going to be critical, I don't think Lawrence Vigarou uh, did particularly well there either. Oh, no, he, he should have saved that. Yeah, I mean, he should have absolutely right
0: have saved that. I mean, the next point of note is in the 18th minute, we looked petrified when they came at us. We were making Omar Patrick look like Lionel Messi. Honestly, he had the in a Ray all day long. And then we're not talking about one of the top strikers in the League 2. We're talking about a guy who plays for a team who are like 23rd. And he had yeah. the beating of Ray. He, Ray looked petrified of him. So did Khan. Especially in the first half hour. He kind of went off the ball a little bit as we got to grips with him. But the first half hour, we looked absolutely scared of him. 18 minute, then, Connor Wood had a cross-headed back into the path of Hector Cipriano. Cipriano a volley. he didn't even go out for a goal kick. Went out wide for like a throwing. It went down. even
1: behind where he took the shot from. It was so wayward. 22 minutes on the clock. Two sets of fans joined in for an applause in memory of a Carlisle fan, Grant Taylor, who had sadly passed away earlier in the week. Aged just 22. Yeah, that was nice actually. It was the whole ground doing it, standing
0: up, clapping. Nice yeah, nice, cool. nice. I like that. Nice there. 26 minutes Then a huge chance for the O's. As Aaron Dryden beat his man on the right, got across into the box. From close range, Harry Smith headed the ball into the ground but it bounced over the bar. How has he missed that, had honestly? To, had to score that one. So Two months ago, that goes in. He doesn't even think about
1: it. He just gets in in bit. bit. See you later. Thank you very much. Yeah. And he's off pointing to Aaron Drynan saying it's all about him. 31 uh, minutes on the clock, then Aaron Drynan got his head onto an in-swinging corner that went just wide. 40th minute in, it was a chance for 2-0 for Carlisle. Cross came into the back
0: post and Armour's effort kind of rolled across goal. Vigory was kind of like stuck, like rooted to the spot and the ball like rolled just crossed the far, far post
1: thankfully good to leave it at 1-0 two minutes of time were played out no further action as the half time whistle went and the half time score being 1-0 to Carlisle. so yeah I think the first half was a bit better than what we'd seen it was still very much back forward back
0: forward sideways forward side side back forward there was a bit more attacking intent Carl's looking to get forward a little bit more but that could have been a Kenny Jacket performance yeah close your eyes that could have been a Kenny Jacket performance so it is well it is a few tweets at halftime. none
1: too happy Mike Oakley underscore said that was dreadful Trouser Techno said our build up play is too slow too predictable with insufficient movement it's the same every time cannot see where a goal is going to come from yeah so the attendance
0: wasn't announced for this one well, I think it, they announced it within the ground at something like 5200 I think I lied about 600 700 fans I think they called it their Twitter feed so Great attendance for Carlisle. Second half kicked off. No subs for the And in the 48th minute, Theo Archibald just booked for a late sliding challenge, which was a booking, by the way. And just four minutes later, Theo went in late on his man again. Referee, no choice, pulled out another yellow card, giving Theo his marching orders. Silly boy. Why, why even give the referee decision to me? I couldn't, I couldn't believe it at
1: that point. You were like, what have you done? I'd fine him two weeks wages for that second tackle yeah I think it's disgraceful not only was that definitely a yellow card it was even more stupid because he was already on a yellow card doesn't make sense like you can't lose your head like that you have to be professional and this is what it's all about is the attitude it's not right the attitude in the club is not right if we're top of the league for example he's not going to make that challenge he doesn't make them challenges and we don't even get to talk about it but because his head's gone and his head's not in the right place and the attitude isn't right, he makes a stupid first challenge and two three minutes later makes a really rash, stupid challenge like that. Gives the referee a decision to make and from what I understand the referee was being fussy all day.
0: It, he was, but on that one, it was it was two bookies make a red. And I think yeah. I think we're gonna talk about Matt Howell's interview later. But the fact that Archibald went and said, Oh, sorry boys, I slipped. I was like, no, you didn't. Take some responsibility. Just go, look, I'm sorry. Headwind, sore red, I'm annoyed, I'm not playing very well, we're losing, Kenny's gone, I'm frustrated, I'm sorry, I hold my hands up. Yeah. Don't come up with some rubbish ep- Oh I, I slipped, I didn't mean it, because we know he didn't slip and the fact that Matt Harold didn't seems step. to take that and go, Oh, he says he slipped, so you know he's a good lad. I don't want to hear that. I wanna hear just. I I wanna hear him condemn, him, say he's an idiot. I don't want that, I can't be how I'm not gonna get that. I'm, I'm not gonna get that, joke. but I want honesty. I don't want I don't want him I know why he's doing it, but he could, say, he could be a bit more honest about it mm. because I don't want to hear they're all good lads because I'm sure they are good lads but I couldn't care less. I want him to play with pride and sense of pride in the shirt and the fact that Theo Archibald's done that tells me that he, A, he's not really doing that at the moment because if you had your head on you,
1: you wouldn't do that. It was just a really stupid thing to do. Mm, I agree. I agree. On the hour, Mark, first change for the O's is Royal Satoru who came on for Hector Kiprianu. Yeah.
0: He um not Hector's best game, I think. Sixty fifth minute in Gibson had an effort for Carl off from the edge of the box. Lance figure who tipped behind. I don't know if that's on the highlights. That was a that was a brilliant save. You look at that save
1: and you go, How on earth have you saved that save? You yeah. haven't let in the third one in the first half. Exactly. Seventy-four minutes double change for the O's. Matt Young and Frank Nublai came on for Aaron Drynan and Ethan Coleman.
0: Yeah, eighty-third minute in Ross too. Went close, he had a half volley. In the box, straight at
1: Howard, he palmed the ball away and the chance was gone. Yeah, Darren Prattley had an effort from the edge of the box in the 86th minute, but that went over the bar.
0: Yeah, six minutes of time were added on. And in the 91st minute, Frank Nouble put a dangerous ball into the box. It looked to have hit a defender's hand, which I think it did, but I think it was more ball to hand as opposed to hand to ball. Referee having none of it, waved the appeals away. And from the following corner, George Ray's header was deflected behind. And that was it. Nothing else to talk about. Full-time whistle went as Carlisle held on. They took the three points home, winning the game 1-0 and giving Paul Simpson a winning start. That new manager bounced for them, meaning that the managers, managers, managerless O's were
1: falling ever closer to those relegation places. So we are going to play the first minute or so of Matt Harold's interview because there's something that we want to pick up on uh, from that. So here is Matt Harold speaking to Dave Victor.
0: Matt, thanks for joining us. Your side worked hard. How different would it have been had it not been for the red card for Theo Archibald?
2: I suppose we'll never know. Um, Firstly, I've got to say I'm gutted. I'm gutted for the players. I'm gutted for the fans. I thought the players gave everything in the game. Um, I think maybe it was a case of being early in the game, being a little bit over-emotional. We've had a really good two days, spoke to the players. Uh, I warned them early on uh, in, in the dressing room before the game about you haven't got to win the game really early, you know, played a long game, it's 90 minutes, 95 minutes, so I think we got caught in maybe just trying to almost take too many risks too early, and obviously we've conceded a goal, and when you concede a goal, there was a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of lack of confidence in the group at the moment, obviously I'm not used to winning, and then there's a touch of anxiety, which is is normal and which is understandable. And then it was a bit of a grind to get back into the game, um, get back into our rhythm, and then obviously the sending off uh, didn't help. But after that, I thought we fought to the end. I thought we had chances in the first half before the sending off and in the second half. And I can only say, um, I think the players gave it their all. I thought the crowd could see that as well.
0: So that was Matt Harold's interview with Dave Victor. I've got to disagree with Matt Harold. I thought the players gave it their all once they got to like the 85th minute and there was a real intense see about their play I think for the first 85 minutes some of them yeah you could say that about but I think there's an awful lot of them that you could say didn't give it their all but we see different things on the uh, on the football field but it, it, it does make some valid points I've, again another one that concerns me is lack of confidence they're not going to get the confidence back until they start winning and they're probably not going to start winning until they get a manager in there to do that or being played in their right positions so <sighs> Yeah, it's it's yeah yeah it's a, tough, it's a difficult it's a tough one. one. It's it's easy to be it's uber critical about it.
1: everything. Um, like, you know, but we we back Matt Harold and we hope Absolutely. he does. We hope he does well. So the league table, then that loss sees us remaining eighteenth place. We have now played thirty one games. We've got seven wins, twelve draws, and twelve losses. We're, our goal difference uh, is now sorry. Yeah, 12 losses. Our points are now 33 with a goal difference of just six. It's diminished Although that is still much
0: better than all the teams around us. I think it It has to be said that is that's worth a point alone, that goal difference. But it's coming down quickly. So Billy Lejande, your views on uh, yeah. yesterday.
1: Well I I wasn't there fortunately, um but it's safe to say it's not an acceptable performance uh, or result. You can tell by the review that we've just done that there were very, very few highlights to this this particular game. a game you know of, of very few opportunities. One thing I will say is I can I can take losing, but I can only take it if the players have given a hundred percent on the field. Work hard, show desire, show determination, show the fans what you're about and will be on your side. And if we don't see that, you're going to lose the fan base and it can get very, very bad very quickly. This is where we're at at the moment, I think. The players have let Matt and Brian down this week. I think they've let themselves down, to be quite frank. Their families, their professionalism, I'm going to question it because I yeah. don't think there was enough endeavour. I don't think there was enough heart in some of the players' attitudes. Theo Archibald, for example, I dig one out if you like. You know, even the uber-reliable Lawrence Vicaru is, making, is not making the saves that once upon a time he would have made yeah. for fun. Um, and until this attitude changes from the players, we're really not going to get out of this mess, even if you have Pep Guardiola coming. It ain't going to help him because the attitude needs to fundamentally change. Yeah, good points. Short um, and sweet for me this week.
0: Yeah, for me, I mean, I'd hate being negative, but I think, you know, make no bones about it. If we continue to play like we played against Carlisle, we will get relegated. It's 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 that short yeah, and it's that simple. We will do. Apart from the last five minutes, where they got a bit more intensity because they realised they were going to lose the game and they got driven forward. I think by the crowd, they them on. There was no, there was no, in, there was no intensity in that performance. Not much leadership. I couldn't even tell you who was captain yesterday. I think it was Beckles. I couldn't even tell you. Might have been Prattley There was no one leading that team anyway. Not much communication, from what I can see. I don't remember assessing their keeper at all. Apart from Smith's head down into the ground, which wasn't on target. Yet. I don't remember their keeper making a save that C who well had a shot, eighty third minute, straight at him, didn't yeah. test the keeper enough, still didn't yeah. create anything. Like I said, we made the number three look like Messi in the first half, which is shocking. I thought Ray I've been really disappointed with George Ray so far, it's not impressed me. When he came, I was really excited. Like good league two experience. Done well at Exeter and couldn't get back in. I thought he'd be a great player for it's us. Just we've coached it out of I him. Mean. It's Not been, been great. great. Yeah. Kipriano looks like he's gone backwards the last couple of games, not great. Smith Harry Smith's an odd one because he's not really in games but he's getting chances he's just not scoring but he's not really getting involved in the game mm. uh, Dryan like we said I don't know what's happened to Dryan Rule looked sluggish I don't know what's happened to Becker it was that player who we saw at the start of the season energetic leading the team on being you know decisive in, in our box mm. not happening at the moment Archibald like we said is stupid Vigret could have done better for their goal I thought Khan done alright I still don't think he's a right back I actually think Frank Nubay done all right when he came on because he was holding the ball up and he kind of got the crowd pumped up for it again. I actually thought he'd done all right. I was actually quite surprised by by his impact. Mm. Um, but I'm pleading now. like the, That board need to make an appointment. And I know we said it earlier, but they need to make an appointment sooner rather than later and get someone in who can shake up this group of players and make them play like a team. Because if they do not do that sooner rather than later, we are going to finish 23rd or 24th in League 2. And that is unthinkable. For that to happen, that is unthinkable. So if they know who they want, go out and get them, and let's keep our EFL status. And if you don't know who you want, you need to decide pretty sharpish, because when are in a relegation battle. When you lose to Carlisle, when you lose to Colchester at home, when you lose to teams around you consistently, and you've only taken two points from 30... When you can't have a February goal of the month competition because there's only one goal to choose from, and you didn't have one in January, so when you've only scored two goals in I Hope twenty twenty two and one is of them's an own goal. Back. Yeah. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah. Guy like Martin, Nigel, Kent, you need to sort that out. You need to go and get someone this week and you need to do it fast. Because if you don't, and we don't take any points this week, it could be like twenty if we could be God knows where we could be. Mm. It ain't good. Mm. It ain't good. So, yeah, that's my views on Carlisle.
1: Cool. So, we had a lot of feedback in after this match. So, thanks to everybody who sent their views into our social media accounts. And again, we'll read some out. But just because we don't agree, uh, read that, just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. And three main themes here were obviously around relegation, were around. Um, uh, I think, from, off the back of the Martin Ling interview and around uh, the lack of desire and determination from the players. So, if we haven't mentioned your tweet, it's because it's been covered in part or in full somewhere else. And Patrick, one flood, kept it really short and sweet and said, I'm not sure what's wrong <laughs> with this team and club, to be honest. Yeah, T3O said, it's beyond grim now. Very serious. If this isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what will be. I need to get the new manager in ASAP and give them the opportunity to stop the rot. Skinner 88 said, I can't overstate it enough, but the January transfer window was criminal. There needed to be a whole lot more pushback on Jacket's ridiculous requests. We are down. Nada underscore 1987 said, Honestly, watching that, I can't wrap my head
0: around how we have a top six budget. Like, where has the money been spent? This is proper serious stuff now, and
1: Nigel... That's a lot to answer for. Shrimpy underscore boy said, our midfield is pathetic. Too many times our defence had no options, leading to sideways passes and hopeful long balls. Equally pathetic was the sending off of Archibald, showing a lack of maturity. The O's are in a scary space. North East underscore O said, Ling was even being dishonest in his interview with
0: you guys about his concerns for relegation. or He and the board are genuinely just not on the ball. We are in deep trouble. We've got that look. The last relegation side had defeated
1: disinterested Ian David1234 said today I was full of optimism we definitely played better with more spirit however we are deeply in trouble we're in a relegation fight we never look like scoring again and I think we'll survive but it'll be very close yeah Ross McHalf said that was FB era bad 6 minutes
0: at a time could have been 66 we wouldn't have scored we're in real relegation trouble now and the worst part is most of them don 't look like the slightest bit bothered that 's a great tweet because that 's thing that concerns me like they t- not fuss, and that 's why there doesn 't seem to be much empathy I think between players and fans, fans.
1: because if they 're not trying,
0: why should we sing our hearts
1: out for you and yeah support you and support you yeah. if
0: you 're giving us nothing back it 's
1: a two way street isn't it, of it is, yeah, yeah. Orient Chris said two goals in eleven games, and one of them was an own goal that 's no normal run of poor results, and some some uh, some fundamental changes are needed at the heart of the club and quickly. Or we're heading back to the National League? SR Barber
0: 1986. We can't blame confidence for all this rubbish. Carlo wouldn't have had any either. It's clear most of the players don't really care if the club goes down and are not really that good. A poor window did not replace those big players we
1: lost due to injury. That's right. Worrying times. A hundred percent I agree. The window did not replace, yeah. which is what I was getting at with Martin. It's like you've bought in Coleman and and, and Brown for who, if it's not as a direct replacement for Craig Clay? Where's the replacement for Craig Clay well, if they're supplementary to that? It's
0: easy, it's easy now to bosh that and go, that was Kenny. That was Kenny, it wasn't us. Kenny's gone now, that was Kenny.
1: That's right. Yeah. E10 Newman tweeted, said, Scared of shooting, scared of attacking, scared of tackling, uh, attacking, and scared of tackling. It's like a remake of The Wizard of Oz. Courage, heart, and brain needed ASAP. <laughs> Very good. ALOFC 1881
0: said, Recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. Not enough squad depth, no competition for places. And
1: that's what you get, players going through the motions. This has been a problem for a while, more than just this season. Wrecker Blue app said, Desperate times. The team has less confidence playing football than I do pulling Margot Robbie. Archibald really let himself down today. The rest of them let us down. Zero ability, zero clue, and I can't wait for Calderwood to save us. PM31
0: I can't even bear to think of what would happen if that was ever, ever made. PM31970
1: kept it short sweet. No passion, no heart.
0: No chance of staying
1: up. Yeah, David Sears 3 said, at least when we went down the lap, uh, last time, the players at least looked interested and tried to save us. This lot looked uninterested. Each and every one of those players brought in during the window, Karnaside is not good enough.
0: Molly Foley 2019, said, let's not put any punches. If this ownership takes us back down to the National League, it'd be one of the greatest football mismanagement events in not just our history, but in football.
1: Far worse and." Mm. The Italians, because it would have been totally football self-inflicted. Safe Hands, 0-0, zero zero said, If we finish in the bottom two in this division, we'll deserve to go down. It's a really poor league. I still hope we stay up, but we're abysmal at the moment. I've never known a run like it. Failed to score in six consecutive home games. Must be a record.
0: Yeah, could be, could be. El So So The new manager coming in will have these <coughs> same players. And like I've said for a while now, I can't honestly see where the next goal is coming from, let alone the next point. Yeah, I'm still dragging my poor daughter a 400-mile round trip to watch us lose to Stevenage next week. Because he you're, lives in Stoke. You're a brave man and I am. He lives near Stoke, I'm he? only about a doing man. a four-mile whatever, however
1: close it's to my, my house to lay It's not 400 miles. It's not 400 miles, is it? Real CJ Flex said, all mental in my opinion, not sure how you fix that at this point in the season. Are sports psychologists' signings limited by the transfer window? Another good
0: point. Another really good point. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73. The players we have available are average at best and teams know how to stifle our attack. If we stay up, it'll be thanks to the teams
1: below us. And I can't just winning another game this season. Struggle Reno said, I fear that even the best of the managerial points would struggle with that team. There's been a complete failure to recruit anywhere near adequate replacements for our injured list. Scunthorpe are probably goners, so just have to hope that one other team manages to be worse than us. Good point,
0: and we've still got to play Scunthorpe. I mean, Scunthorpe had a bit of a resurgence under Keith Hill, but in the last couple of games, they've been getting trounced again. So, fingers crossed, they don't. They don't get another resurgence. Sunshine, LOFC said, For all the huff and puff, it was largely a disjointed effort. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, The ref was fussy and was always going to red card Archibald for his second challenge. We need to find them around 20 points before the season ends. And when you're not
1: scoring goals, that's easier said than done. Janine Adaman said, League one ready players? These are not even league two ready, Nigel Travis. And too late to do anything about it. Worse than even under the Italian. Uh, there's a lot of analogy
0: but the difference was that was those, those boys because it was a very young team wasn't it? those boys were trying their hearts out and they had the full support of everyone because everyone could see how hard they were trying yes. all you need is a team to do that for you and they would get 100% backing from the fans every time I think the club since Tuesday night have gone on a real kind of we need you against Carlisle we need you to be 12th man we need you there it's a real pivotal time they made the call out but until those players start actually believing in themselves or tr- 100% grafting, they ain't going to get that support from the fans because they can't see it. Which I think is why people are saying that it was better when we got relegated because they could see the effort that was coming and because we believed in those players and we we wanted them to do well. I think some of these players, like well, I guess we've said, when they're not trying or getting sent off as two stupid yellows, you go, well, if you don't care... Why should we? Why should we, yeah. yeah. It's really difficult. Uh, amazing, amazing, Bagman. One said more fight and grit in the second half. But Carlisle sat back and let us come on to them. Driner needs to be dropped. His head is gone. We need to get the players communicating. Too many times as they don't talk to each other, and this lack of leadership will
1: send us down. Conscious flesh said. Theo's challenge. were both done If we played the whole match with the same urgency we played in the last 15 minutes, we would probably have won. We, sorry, we would have won. Khan's much better going forward than as a defender. Away fans are more energetic and cohesive than the home fans. Still better than Kenny Jackets last month.
0: Yeah, good point. Like I said, that last 10-15, the intensity was there. But the first
1: 75-80, it wasn't. You can't go a whole game and just rely on 10-15 minutes, though. That's the problem. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Kevin Cowden said, whoever bought these players in January needs to be held accountable and relieved of their job. It's like to have cost us our league place and it's unforgivable. We were crying out for a box-to-box
1: midfielder. Instead, signed a load of dross. Daniel underscore d44 said, same, same, same. Lots of half and puff, but no quality. The sending off was harsh, but because we lost, uh, but we lost because once again our finishing was terrible. All our midfielders are the same, one paced and defensive. Would like to see Khan played in midfield and Satoru up front with Smith. Stassi, Stassi. said, so we played like a bunch of strangers that just went up over the marshes.
0: The really effective and attacking partnerships we've had down both flanks early in the season have disappeared as has any service to our strikers in centre midfield apart from Prattley, who were non-existent I'd have to agree with that I think I don't want to keep talking about Ethan Coleman and Jordan Brown and and uh, Young as not being good enough for League 2 mm. but they're not like we should have signed Ethan Coleman and loaned him back out to Kingsley for, for the rest of the season That's mm. something similar with Marvin eck if you remember mm-hmm. in the National League a player you look at and go give him a year big quality mm. let's let us blood in mm-hmm. in that division Instead, he comes in for, if, what's to be believed, around 80 grand. They think him in the first team. They've got players going past him. He's like, what's, what's going on? You can't blame the player for that, because he's like a 20-year-old kid coming from a low-level National League straight into a League 2 battle. You just thinking that can't have been the answer. They can't have all sat around the transfer committee and gone, right, this is the guy that's going to replace Craig Clay be a game changer for this. Yeah. Or if they have, then
1: I, I don't know what they were looking at. Les LK52 says, strangely enough, we play better with 10 men and like Tuesday, we created enough chances again. I just feel that when we put one of these away, it'll be a monkey off our backs and we will still and we can still turn this around. Next few games uh, around teams around us are crucial and we have to start scoring. Yeah,
0: good point there, Les. Wilco 300
1: says, I didn't mind the performance today. Lack quality, but plenty of effort. Paul Red seems to be in a minority there, Wilco. Paul Red Rum said the bottom line is during the January transfer window, everyone but the management team knew we needed a box-to-box midfielder and it was plain as night follows day. If they couldn't see that, they have no right being involved in football.
0: Yeah, I'm not the first person to say that. Miller, president, Presidents, the best we've played this year, much more positive, with a little bit of luck for the red card and other moments of the game, we should have at least drawn, and if not won. But you make your own luck, the destiny is still in our own hands, onwards. And upwards. So two, two,
1: two tweets there that, that seem to be quite, quite positive. Willow Gaffer tweeted and said an uncharacteristic mistake by Viggs aside. They created nothing. The headers from Smith and Dryden would have gone in before Christmas. The players had a go today at least in the first time seeing Coleman and Ray. They looked okay. Things not going our way and Theo sending off just shows that joke decision. Or in electric, so I personally did think the effort was there today, especially when we went down to 10 men. The hatred
0: and abuse that Martin Ling is being shown is unnecessary, however. Questions do have to be asked regarding his position,
1: as he's clearly partly responsible for this mess. Rayleigh Dave said, The club need to appoint a new manager before Tuesday. We can't afford to run a long process with coffee meetings, etc. Exactly what you said earlier. Decide who you want. Go out and get him. And if we wait two or three weeks, we'll be as good as down. I absolutely agree with that. Good point there, Rayleigh. Dave, Derry, Chris. So I felt
0: man to man, we had better players. However, the difference was Carlisle were organised, had a game plan and desire, which are all vital ingredients we don't seem to have. We need a new manager urgently to install this into us. And finally, I thought Connor would have made a great return.
1: Yeah, Billy Carroll GB said, No effort, no fight, no desire. The least we ask for as fans is that the players give everything for the shirt, regardless of the result that then... They're not even doing that. New manager is needed ASAP because Harold isn't going to give us the bounce we needed. An ultimate tweet this
0: week, Steve, the F1 says, Kenny Jackett has left us with not just one of us, one of 10 league games, but the most unbalanced squad in memory. Six centre-backs and no midfield. Sympathy for Matt Harold
1: or anyone else trying to make something of like that. Yeah, final word is the authentic Gaz who said, turning this around is a massive job. We look nailed on for the drop. With Colchester and Stevenage to play in the next week, it's a case of now or never. And I'm certainly not confident that anyone can turn this around.
0: Yeah, good. Final word to end on there. So let us know whether you agree or disagree with any of the many tweets we've read out. Those were all tweets, by the way, that came into us at Orient Outlook. So thanks to everyone who continues to tweet us. So you can do so by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. If you're not on Twitter, you can email us. We've had a few emails this week, actually. So thanks to everyone who's emailed us Glenn over... Bevan. The last four... No, yeah, Glenn yeah. Bevan. We uh, received one today as well from an 82-year-old. Um, oh, wow. Which... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said 82-year-old. That doesn't really matter. But thank you to Terence <laughs> Brown who emailed us about playing Shadrach Ogi in midfield. And thank you to the Rocking Cat at AOL.com. Uh, so we had lots of emails in. So thanks to everyone. Who has sent us uh, emails. And again, we're on Facebook. If you don't follow us, give us a follow on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. And we're on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook
1: underscore. Podcast. So I guess time for the Prediction League update. Yeah, Carol Langley Florist Prediction League update. Well done to Steve White, LOFC, LOFC Ed and Kid Samson O, as well as David Sears 3 and Smartest O, who all correctly predicted the right result. Unfortunately, they do get three points. That means the top of the prediction league has changed. It has changed, ladies and gentlemen. 20 points, top of the league, is at Wadsey. So well done, Ad. Uh, 19 points is at Dan Alton 2590 and Leighton Ori. 18 points, Nino underscore Barone and Parksey is on 16 points. Uh, sorry, Park in 8081 is on 16 points. So thanks to everybody who sent their predictions in and good luck for Tuesday and Saturday. Wadsey, <coughs> if he wins a prediction, he'll become first ever
0: two-time winner because yeah. he won the first ever one. So Adam is in the lead at the moment. So let's move on in to today, Sunday, the 27th of February. And the ladies' team are in action against Tower, Hamlet's Reserves, at Hackney Marsh. She has put in a very convincing performance. They won the game 6-2. Goals in the first half from Eve Pearson, Bobby Ellison, Bates, put the Osterino up. In the second half, Tower Hamlets pulled it back to 3-2 within 10 minutes of the restart. But Manley scored the fourth and fifth goals. Bates got her second in the 72nd minute and Orient's sixth goal and the game finished 6-2. Well done to the ladies. So at one hour... Yeah. 31 minutes, 12 seconds. Let's wrap this bad
1: boy up. Yeah, I think we should do that. (laughs) Jack Merritt is top of the Orient Outlook Fantasy Football League. He has got 1,876 points, 49 ahead of James Durkin, who's in second place. Steve's had a bit of a mare this week. He's in 179th place. He's dropped down uh, a few places. That, But that's out of 315 players. There is no shame there. So we couldn't find any positives. Uh, apart from the ladies' results, uh, we couldn't find any positives. So we've got four negatives this week. So we're going to do two each. Yeah, we'll
0: do two each. I'll do the first two then. So first two negatives. Firstly, two losses in a week. Two home games that we looked at. And this time last Sunday, we were saying were two big, big games. Lost both of them. Nour points. Nil points. Nil from six and again we haven't scored <laughs> we haven't scored didn't score against Bristol Rovers and we had chances and the same against Carlisle where we had probably ultimately better chances but less of them and still haven't scored so mm. worrying times if you don't score you ain't gonna win games that's right that's exactly right Theo's red card is the third negative this week I'm not sure how many games that puts him out for it was two yellows equals a red so I don't know if it's a one game or a, or a, three. Or a three obviously you'll miss, you miss sure. Colchester but I don't know if that also means him with Stevenage
1: and yeah. the game after. So, yeah. big loss. Out. Big loss out a nice time when Yeah, absolutely. The final negative this week is that we've sacked our manager. It's never good for someone to lose their job uh, at yeah. all, regardless of, of things. As a human being, it's not a nice thing. Yeah, and it
0: leaves the club, obviously, managing us uh, in this kind of black hole. You've got Matt Harald, yeah. I'm sure will do the job to the best of his abilities, but you haven't got someone there to to Take the reins that fresh pair of eyes that's needed. So, the Carol Langley Florist hero of the week. We didn't take it to Twitter, but I think there's a clear bunch of 11 winners this week. So, the Carol Langley Florist heroes of the week are well done to the Orient ladies team, who are heroes of the week 6 2 victors today. Decent result as well last week. So, well done yeah. to the ladies. So, before we finish this one, in next week's fixtures. It's a big week coming up, a big huge week. Double week. First up, we make the journey up the A twelve to Essex to go and play rivals, Colchester United. They drew one all against Oldham yesterday. They're currently twenty first in league two. They are just one point behind us. You all know maths. You all know what that means if they beat us. Their last five,
1: they've drawn two and lost three. Their last win? Better form than us. Their last win? Against Leighton Orient away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're in better form than us. They've got two more yeah. points than us in the last five games, but that's the new manager bounce. <laughs> then on Saturday, Saturday the 5th of March, we're hosting Stevenage. They lost 2-0 to Port Vale over the weekend and are currently one place behind us in 19th on the same points, but they've played three more games than us. They're also on the same form as Colchester as they've drawn two and lost three of their last five games.
0: Huge week for us, I think, like we've yeah. said. You know, if we lose to Goldchester and lose to Stevenage, they'll both go above us in the league. So potentially, starting next week, we could be 20th, best-case scenario, if we lose both those games. So hopefully that won't happen. I've also noticed, we've out of 15 games left, we've only got six home games out of that, so we've got nine away games mm. to go. To. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, really. Sometimes it's easier mm. to go away with less pressure from the home fans, aren't you? But only six home games left, and out of those six... Got Northampton I think second and Chandler who are third. So by no thankfully they're the last two home games of the season <laughs> yeah. we'll have Scunthorpe
1: before that and we'll also have Barrow, Barrow before that yeah. and Rochdale. So potentially no. Yeah. It's not okay. all down. it's not all negative.
0: So before we end this bear boiling, do not forget for the best plastering and rendering prices, go and visit AGF Plaster on Facebook, Instagram or Big Ads on Twitter for all your
1: plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Bit of a bumper show this week. Thanks for bearing with us if you're still listening at this point. (laughs) This has been episode 275. It's been a bleak week for Orient fans. Firstly, losing against Bristol Rovers as despite creating plenty of chances, we just weren't clinical enough, which led to the sacking of experienced manager Kenny Jacket, and although the club were quick to appoint interim manager Matt Harold and Brian Syl, the new manager bounce didn't happen for us. It happened for our opponents Carlisle, though, who ended up taking all three points. It's a huge week coming up as we face two relegation rivals, and the players must turn up and put in the biggest performances of their careers. Be clinical in both boxes and show huge passion, desire. And commitment to the club. So let's hope that this time next week we're talking about two wins. Yes, indeed. So if you're listening on iTunes,
0: please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star review. And if you listen on the Spotify, go to Rate Show. I think at last show we had 13 five-star reviews on Spotify. Thank If so you, you listen very on much. Spotify, go to Rate Show and give us a lovely five stars. And follow us wherever you listen, whether that's on TuneIn, Stitcher, Anchor, anywhere else. And as soon as the podcasts are uploaded, you'll get them if you do that. We're also on all smart speakers. I actually listened to one of our episodes when I had COVID on a smart speaker. I liked it. It's yeah. a different experience. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird saying Alexa played your own the podcast because it plays the most recent one and it just kicks in. Yeah, so we are on all smart speakers. i done that <laughs> and I enjoyed it. We're also on Fan Hub, which is an, uh, a fan app which we rave about and you can do lots and lots on there. So if you want to join Fan Hub, give us a shout. And if you have an older relative or a loved one or an old chum who you think will like the podcast, which I probably won't at the moment because it's all doom and gloom, grab their phone <laughs> and download it for them and pass the pod. So we'll be back Next week, episode 276, with all the information of views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you, as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.